Comics in the combat zone. Comics in the combat zone. Usually we make you laugh, but now we're watching guys get stabbed with light tubes. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Comics in the Combat Zone, talking about CZW Winner Takes It All, April 8th, 2000. I'm pretty sure that's an ABBA song, isn't it? Which one? Winner Takes It All? Or the Winner Takes It All. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's where they got it from. I think that like, ABBA or one of them <laughs> got it from the other one. Yeah. Sorry to jump in. I'm Jordan Ducharme. And I'm Ben Stead. And uh, this event t- take, took place in Sewell, New Jersey. Sewell, New Jersey. I still don't know how to say it. And uh, you'll never know because in a New Jersey accent, they're probably saying it incorrectly as well. Uh, this match begins, sorry, this show begins with the douchey ring announcer that we've seen for a few months now. Again, trying to shove this weird shirt onto the other announcer. Uh, I'm pretty done with this gimmick here, Ben. It's, I don't know about you. Does it count as a gimmick? I don't know if, it, if it's as, <clears throat> like, just giving a shirt to another dude. Is that good? But I don't know. But, yeah, it's it's a bad start. It's it's always, they have these ideas that are terrible, and then they'll do them, like, four weeks running. And yeah. it's like, wow, it's still terrible. <laughs> yeah, and then if they ever do have a good idea, it's just, like, never seen again. Mm-hmm. They're just like, no, we don't want that. So, uh, I have written here, the audio is just as bad as it's ever been. Uh, the show starts and there's just this buzzing off camera. I don't know what that is. Uh, you can't understand anyone in, in the ma- like in the actual ring. More than ever. Like, usually we say that, but I can sort of, like, if I turn the volume way up, I'll understand what they're saying. This was literally, like, people are talking and I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's so bad. It's absolutely garbage. Like, just has consistently not got any better. Yeah. For sure. At all, at any point. Uh, and then just when you think this this opening segment can't get worse, the priest from the last show, if you remember the one who was just, like, I guess, to represent the religious right and censorship, he comes out and starts just talking shit again. Uh, but, like, you just don't know what's going on here. I thought they were, like, setting him up to be in, like, a match or something, because it's just confusion and the crowd's just being terrible. Uh, what... Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what this religious angle is. I don't, I don't know, like... Have the church got involved in this? Like, surely it should be like a government official. <laughs> I, I've I, never heard any Catholic priest talk about CZW. I bet Zandig wanted to run like a show in a church or something, and then they got turned down because it's like obviously not. And then Zandig's like, the Catholic Church is against is CZW. Get, yeah, they're trying to censor. They're trying to censor wrestling. So we cue Justice Payne's music as the Hate Club come out, which if you remember is Wife Beater, Justice Payne, uh, Just in Case, and Smack Mac. So like two managers and two wrestlers in this faction uh, which is pretty shit so far uh, and they storm the ring and they fuck up everybody they start attacking this priest but then the ring announcers start taking terrible bumps yeah i was pretty happy to see them all to be honest like at this point <laughs> wife beater is one of my favorite wrestlers probably in the world um, <laughs> and yeah i mean it, i i always love seeing them show up but especially at the start because i thought the start was going to be out last week where it just went on for ages and it was very bad um but they kind of ended it quite quickly and they do come out wearing like karate things and i was like is that gonna and then they do lead into that thankfully it's not just like a weird thing that they've started doing out of nowhere well after the beatdown they all do like the sensei they look at each other and they all bow in unison which is super just bizarre Uh, and then they like they're just trying to be heels here or prove they're bad guys and they start beating this random security guard who's in the ring for some reason and things escalate where this random dude I, i not the priest not anyone gets lit Fully on fire. Like a man on fire. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty insane. I mean, I guess they think... They don't, they they must think highly of religion that they're, they're saying if he beats up a priest, he's not a, 
a good guy. <laughs> like I would say beating up a priest means you know you are a good guy. So I guess they need to beat up the security guard or beat up authority as well. Instead, yeah, they didn't light the priest on fire, which would have made sense. But it's literally like the anchor man like brawl, like a man running. He's not like down on the ring on fire. He's like running around like fully engulfed in flames. I assume this was like one of those bodysuit things that where you uh, aren't getting really burnt or whatever. You'd, you'd hope so. You hope they didn't <laughs> just set a man on fire without him realising. Yeah, uh, this wasn't in know... the script, they just went for it. Yeah, because I don't know how advanced their fire protection techniques are in CZW. I'd argue probably not very... Again, it's another case where I bet Zandig spent like all, like half the show's budget on this flame retardant suit for this one gag at the beginning. Yeah, but like bought it off the equivalent of Facebook Marketplace at the time. Yeah. Just some dude from the back of a, a truck was like, no, yeah, this all... <laughs> this yeah, will protect whoever needs to be protected. Yeah, if it turned out the guy had serious burns, like it wouldn't shock me. No, all. yeah, yeah, they'd be like, just as long as you don't stay on fire for longer than three seconds. <laughs> so then we cut, and back in the ring we get Dewey Donovan, uh, who's with the announcer who just got beat up, so he's just no-selling his injury, uh, who reiterates, hey guys, remember, this is all about entertainment. That's their go-to slogan since last week. Uh, yeah, we light a man on fire, not because it's violent, for entertainment. I mean, I was entertained. I mean, I me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would it just, you know, maybe pour a bit of salt on him as well. Just get a weed whacker out. Like, this is all entertainment. Yeah. Uh, the first wrestler enters, and can you guess who it is? It's John Dahmer uh, with Natasha, the the perennial opener of the of the CZW. Uh, and then he come and then comes out Gabriel Knight. And for some reason, I thought it was going to be John Dahmer versus Dewey Donovan because he's like regularly wrestling now. But in, in this week, he's still in his ma his referee gear, so he's going to be refing. Yeah. I, I sort of hate the back and forth. I'm like, like he's clearly a heel, but then they still let him ref matches. It's weird. Yeah, it is very strange. Um, I, I don't know. They don't know, really know how to handle sort of like character development, I guess. Dewey Donovan just is probably doing his own thing at this point. Yeah. Um, then out comes Gabriel Knight with uh, Diablo Macabre. Uh, and I guess they're just back together. They're not retired. <laughs> uh, or Gabriel's not retired after the, the uh, angle they did for the last two weeks. And then Knight is on the mic. He's just impossible to understand. Like, he cuts what I assume is an impassioned promo, and he's just it's just not. Uh, and then we get our first match, John Dahmer versus Gabriel Knight. Where was your excitement level for this one, Ben? Very low. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, the show is 2 hours 24 as well, so that's never a good sign. Um, and with the opening not being great, and then the least favorite CZW, the comics in the combat zones, least favorite wrestler, John Dharma coming out. You know, it wasn't. I wasn't looking forward to it. Yeah, me neither. Uh, even with the with the name change to Gabriel Knight, this is still the same. I'm assuming bad promo. I couldn't understand it, so it's sort of a silver lining. Uh, but just the same lame gimmick. These guys are the thrill kill cult now, still. Uh, so Gabe starts quick. He hits a sit-down powerbomb into a Boston Crab, uh, and he's countered in the corner for John Dahmer's classic perfect plex and then powerbomb, uh, the only two moves he hits. They struggle on the top rope before Gabe hits Diamond Dust uh, off the top and then continues with a suplex. Then out of nowhere, Diablo just enters the ring to double-team Dahmer with... Uh, sorry, to double-team Dahmer, uh, which the ref allows for some reason. He's like, okay, they're a tag team. I guess <laughs> yeah. they can hit a double-team move. Uh, and then he just turns out of nowhere and flatlines his own partner, Gabriel Knight, for the DQ finish, because this isn't allowed, I guess. And the referee calls it at 2 minutes and 53 seconds. Yeah, he likes them. He's, he's, you know, he's like, he's their favourite tag team, so he sees them fight, he's like, that's cool. He sees them <laughs> betray each other, he's like, oh man, come on. That's a DQ. Do, yeah, that's a DQ. Come <laughs> on, bro. <laughs> so, just another just out of nowhere betrayal. 
Um, I mean, this one was really, like, didn't make sense at all. I was actually thinking they got their weeks, like, mixed up. Where it should have been, like, maybe Diablo turns on Midnight, and then that betrayal is what forces him to consider retirement. And then you can spin off into, like, a Mercury feud or something. But instead, it's like, he announces he's gonna retire, gets in this weird feud with Mercury, and then he's just back to being in a tag team with this other guy, who then turns on him yeah, for no reason. Strange. I don't know, they don't... I think they just think it's like a shortcut to like having a good match. Just to betray everyone's going to be like, what? But if you don't care about them, which I don't think any of this audience do, because no one was like... Oh. Former tag champs. Yeah, but they just... I don't know, it's just very strange. Like I don't think they know how to write a story or like go week to week or actually build on anything. So they are just like, yeah, betrayals, they're cool. Oh, there's this game, uh, Extreme Warfare Revenge or whatever. It's like a, res- a wrestling... Fo- What's that? Football manager, like for wrestling. Oh, okay. And it's I loved it because if you didn't have enough writers hired and you're fed, you could only do like one or two sto- like basic storylines. Yeah. And this just reminds me of that. Like yeah. Zandig only has one button to press, and it's the betray. surprise betrayal. Yeah, <laughs> betray, betray, uh, and start of match reversals. Yeah. And so Gabriel, I I did hear the last thing he said on mic as Diablo's leaving. He's like, I knew I shouldn't have trusted you. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Like he's your longtime tag team partner who you won the titles with. Why did you know you shouldn't have trusted him? He d- don't trust anyone, bro. You trust D- not even yourself. DTA. He's, he's going to betray himself one day. Yeah. So then we get Team Softcore entering, and I just groaned. These has become one of my least favorite acts. Even though I do like Trent Acid, the other two just sort of drag him down to such a such a degree. Um, and then no promos, mercifully. And then the Cashmarinos are introed with Pyro, dressed as, like, guys at the beach, I guess. Beach bums, would you call this? Yeah, a very, very odd... Fa- like, very odd music, and then thingy choice. Because I thought they were going to come out, I don't know, looking a bit more hardcore, but they came out in beach gear. <laughs> with beach balls. Yeah, I don't... Is the beach a big thing in New Jersey? Like, do they, I think there are beaches. Are there beaches? Okay. But, like, proper beaches or, like, England bleach. No, those beaches. are the beaches where, like, they find the bodies floating and, like... Yeah, that's what I mean. It's the start of every CSR. Like, it's, it's brutal. So. It's grey. The yeah. water's cold. <laughs> yeah, you're not taking a beach ball there. Like, yeah. You know, you're kind of getting protected. As um, soon as we saw the beach balls, though, I knew the crowd was going to be more into them than they were the match. It, like, they're just like, oh, we get to play with beaches. Beach balls. That's a classic, though. That, but beach balls are going to upstage any show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Acid does actually get a microphone, and the crowd just drowns them out with all the offensive chats we've heard before, uh, as these two two teams still go back and forth with who is called gay by the crowd. Uh, that is the true feud between them, the real link that's like linked them for all these months now. I can't yeah. believe we keep talking about this. And to, I think I feel like they're all dressed in uh, various versions of gay clothes <laughs> they're almost leaning into it yeah I, that's what i feel like you know you like there's a greasy boy in there there's like trent acid who's a bit of a twink and then you've got the beach boy <laughs> things like that who looking you know whatever so it's it's interesting just in, just embrace it boys like stop trying to make it weird yeah which you do every time uh and then acid on the microphone again i you could hear parts of it couldn't hear parts but the thing i thought is interesting that he said was like Hey, a lot of people know me and Johnny Cashmere are actually a popular tag team in other companies. What do you say, Johnny? Why don't we bring the team here? Talking about the Backseat Boys. Which is, if you remember, on the very first time we saw Trent Acid and Cashmere, I told you they'd eventually be a tag team. Oh, okay. Because I knew they would, like, they would eventually go up. But I just assumed they hadn't formed yet. But apparently the it's... The Backseat Boys. The Backseat Boys. Okay. Instead of Backstreet. No, yeah, I get it. Yeah, you get it? Yeah, I get it. Uh, and then Cashmere uh, refuses, and it's like, no, we're doing this, which if you remember, loser leaves town match. In wow. In which the losing tag team has to leave CZW forever. 
so yeah, that is the stipulation. The match begins. It's Nick Burke and Ty Street versus the Cashmerinos. So Acid is like not technically in the match, but he would just have a presence the entire match. It was essentially a three-on-two handicap match. Yeah, definitely. Which is fair, I'd say. Not DQ worthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it turns into just this tornado brawl on all sides. We should say, instead of the one camera guy on the ground, all we have is the one camera guy perched up in the crow's nest with, like, basically a wide angle of the whole arena. Yeah, it's very strange, though, because there is that guy, but then there is quite clearly another guy near the ring with a camera who seems to be recording it as well. <laughs> yeah, but we never once see his camera you view. You never once see his camera view or anything. Um, I mean, I quite liked this match to be honest i was very surprised how much fun i had with it because it is like there's the match in the ring but then there's just chaos going on outside the ring at all times as well it's like pretty fun to yeah switch between the two it's non-stop just flips to the outside like moreno doves outside then burke flips on the big pile i love when they set up a big pile and everyone just dives into the pile it's yeah. always fun uh, Marino and Ty are in the ring as fans are chanting Little Steiner at Ty, which I think is funny. Even the, the CCW realize he looks like a small Scott Steiner. Uh, Ty applies a surfboard, and he more than anyone looks like a guy who's just taking his video his moves from video games. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like everything Ty Street does, I feel like I saw in WCW and yeah. WO Revenge. But the surfboard's pretty good. I, I, like, I mean, he struggles with one of his feet, and at one point he like... He like, do you know when you jolt someone on the ribs? Yeah. He tries to do that because then it, his arms need to be back. But just, I guess he doesn't want to do the arms himself, so then he moves his arms back, and it's like not very smooth. But I mean, it, it's a cool looking move. Yeah. Like it is a sick looking move. For sure, and it go, he leans it back into a near fall too. It's just the surfboard's always funny because the guy taking the move also has to be pretty athletic. Like you yeah, could, you couldn't do it to like a John Dahmer or whatever. No, yeah, it'd be break all, your legs would explode i think <laughs> uh, so all four of the guys are in the ring the cashmerinos hit stereo neck breakers and fans are just loving the beach balls that is the focus of the match much like uh, we'd sort of thought it would be uh ty tries to hit marino with a chair but he ducks and the marino kicks it in his face uh and then the but the referee is down and cannot count the fall acid just enters the ring with the chair as dewey pops up out of nowhere and takes it from acid only to turn and smash Moreno. That's Another sick. surprise betrayal. But this one's actually pretty sick. I actually quite like this one because, like, I don't. I I know at this point we should expect a betrayal every match. <laughs> but even now, I was like not expecting it, and I was like, "Whoa, that's pretty cool, actually." Like, well, I wasn't expecting it because why would you? I yeah, mean, it, he wasn't even aligned with the with the Cash Moreno. No, there's no hints to it. There's no hints to it. There's no building there's nothing maybe i don't know it's very strange but i was still like kind of into it yeah so and like this must be the start of his run i guess because he does become a bit of a figure in czw right I, I think so i don't know i just know all i know is that i know his name yeah <laughs> so, and i don't know like a guy like nick burke or what robbie marino or whatever um but this leads to an air raid crash and a fast count pinfall for ty street getting the pin at eight minutes six seconds so two convoluted betrayals in two matches and now Dewey gets his own chair with referee strokes <laughs> on it. That's pretty cool, man. Like, I have sick. to give them that, that. That like fair play to the prop man, or I don't even know if they've got a prop man. I don't know who it was. He was like, "Let's give this chair referee stripes." Yeah, to to, to signify Dewey Donovan. Yeah. So definitely. they have four different colored chairs, which I find funny, and then they like tap them together like they do. Uh, and then I remember this is a loser leaves town match, so I guess that's it for the Cashmerinos forever. Which is weird because during their like slur run, uh, the slur, I, the, uh, yeah, the I would have loved them to leave. And slayer. now <laughs> the slur era, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Uh, and but now that they are leaving, and it's sort of not their gimmick as much anymore, I, I don't. I sort of don't want to see him go. So it's you're a gonna weird, miss him. I don't know if I'll miss him, but because I think they'll be back next week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm almost certain show. they'll be back right away. Yeah. Let's start the counter with how many shows that Until these two the actually knows. take off. Yeah, um, I think they'll be back very quickly. Mm-hmm. So we get our hard cut as we hear. Oh man, if you're hearing a dog in the background, by the way, just pay no attention. Uh, yeah, we're not. <laughs> Yeah, we're not, uh, so you can't either. Uh, we do get our hard cut as we hear, and I think this is the first time they've ever done this. It was so stupid. So Mercury's in the ring first, but then we get this team softcore music again, and they do the exact same entrance, except now with Dewey Donovan behind them. And I'm like, we just saw this exact entrance with these exact guys. Like, why are they? Why yeah, would they just stay in the yeah, ring? Yeah, just stay, stay out there. I don't know, maybe they had an interval so people could go piss and get some drink. I don't know. It was, it was odd that... I guess they because then they left. Mm-hmm. They would have left, and then it's very strange. Yeah, just dumb. Like, and and it makes me wonder if maybe one of these matches happened way earlier than the others, and they just cut up the show weird because they do that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, because well, Judy Donovan is with them, right? Yeah, like, so it so, must have happened after that. Yeah, but, yeah, very strange. Just weird. So we do get Trent Acid versus Mercury, which I think out of the three softcore guys, that's a guy I'd want to see face Mercury. So I sort of had, you know, tempered expectations for this one. Um, and they open up with, like, the best wrestling we've seen so far tonight, with just a classic reverse-off, uh, which I would sort of expect, knowing these two guys. But then Acid just lays in a drop kick, and I'm like, oh, wow, and then takes a microphone for some reason, and I can't, again, can't hear what he's saying, but I can hear what the crowd's saying, and I'm not allowed to say it on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's just, like, awful chance That's for the Patreon. <laughs> that's for the Patreon. That's for the free, yeah, that's, that's bad, that's the pay gate, yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> well, we won't get cancelled. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so, it's just weird to, like, break, like, they were building momentum early in the match, and then he just throws a guy outside and cuts a promo, it's just weird. Very strange, yeah, I don't know, I get, because I imagine some of these guys, like, Zandig maybe was just, like, I don't know, being like, don't do promos in the middle, but some of these guys probably are just like, I'm just going to do it anyway. Like, just running on their own accord. No, Zandig strikes me as the type of guy who runs a show, and he tells the comedians all, just, go do as long as you want. I don't care. Like, have fun out there. And then the, instead of being, like, a 90-minute show, it's a two-hour and 23-minute yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, you have full freedom. Just don't break that glass tube I have hidden under the ring or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Mercury throws Acid out, but he lands on the apron, and then Mercury lands a drop kick, throwing him into the crowd. Uh, he targets Burke and Street, who he hits him with a big twisting dive on all three to the outside, and then as soon as they go back in the ring, Acid just hits him with a super kick. Uh, they they keep going. It's one of those matches they go in the ring, out the ring, in the ring, out the ring, and like there's no semblance of anyone winning the match at any point. They're just exchanging moves, sort of yeah. back and forth. Uh, they eventually brawl back towards... If, if you remember, we've seen actually Trent Acid and White Lotus in this exact position. It's in the back corner of the arena, and for some reason there's like a trailer there that I guess just doesn't move. Uh, and eventually, like, uh, Acid and Mercury fight to the top as Burke and Ty Street are at the bottom sort of playing crash test dummies. They climb up there, and all of them dive into the giant pile. But you can't really see it, because the camera's so far back. I think, yeah, they haven't learned. They've had this venue now, like, three or four times, and they <laughs> still haven't learned to get a camera over there. And But also, like, when they jump off, 
because you can't see where they're going, it just looks like they're jumping into hell. Like, yeah. It just looks like they've jumped straight through the floor. That is sort of cool. It is like the Rob Van Dam thing where he'd just flip into, like, madness and then yeah. the crowd would erupt. Just They're just diving into the abyss. <laughs> but because it's so... Like, the camera's zooming as much as this, like, 2000s cam- camcorder can zoom. So they look like pixelated sort of, like, blobs just falling off. Like. Yeah, it's very strange, very odd. Um, mm. But it's cool, like, being on top of the trailer, uh, you know. Sure, yeah. Falling off it as well, that's always sick. When it's just another match where it's also like three on one essentially. So the whole match Mercury is fighting all three of these guys and then managing to get the better like the better of most of them. Uh, they end up fighting their way back to the back to the ring where Acid hits a sit out power bomb. Uh, they set up a chair in the ring and their Acid's hung up on the top rope as Mercury goes to try superplex him on the chair and then Acid just counters him with a super face buster on a chair for a near fall. That actually looked pretty brutal the way Mercury just took it. Uh, Acid calls for a table and sets it in the ring, goes to Bulldog Mercury, but gets crotched on the second turnbuckle, then it gets hit by a top rope Frankensteiner from Mercury. Uh, Not through the table, though. Mercury puts Acid on the table and hits a picture-perfect moonsault straight through it, but then Burke just distracts the referee as Street enters and wallops Mercury with a chair to his head. Uh, and Acid wins the match at 12 minutes and 3 seconds. Yeah, he didn't even get his ass out. He won that <laughs> clean. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like he's trying to get away from the pulling his ass out. I think, much like the Casmarinos, it will be back next week. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It's one of these, uh, like, Mercury's a heel, yet he's getting triple teamed here. And, like, why not just do that at the beginning of the match if you're just going to have a triple? Like, I don't know. I, this didn't really do it for me, and the match didn't really hit a certain level. No, I mean, it wasn't a bad match. Like, because, mm-hmm. we, you know, we've seen a lot of bad matches, but it also wasn't anything... Like, it was fine. Like, yeah. It was, it was that, the thing we hate most, which is just, like, middling, which is just very boring. Yeah, I either want really bad, some sort of injury, or really good. Yeah, or get you, or someone's ass. Or, yeah, or I want to see Trent Acid's asshole. Yeah, yeah, that would make it so good. That's for the Patreon. <laughs> so we get our hard cut, and then the announcer, I love it, at least once a show, he'll shout out the enforcer, Rob Hartog, uh, who just puts his arm up, like, stoically. It's, I love Rob Hartog, he's the funniest. I hope he never dies. Yeah, he's probably dead now. Oh, or no, I think we looked it up, I think he is alive, but he's... Okay, I, I hope... I don't know. He'll never die in our hearts, then. <laughs> yeah, so TCK enters first, holding this weird, like... I don't know what this was. I thought it was a two by four at first, but it's, I'm pretty sure it's made of metal and it's hollow, but it's like shaped like a two by four. Uh, it, it was weird. Yeah, it's very strange. It lo- maybe looks a bit like a pipe bomb, like a big pipe bomb. <laughs> yeah. And he walks by Hat Guy, who I didn't realize until now is on the right side of the ring, front row. Uh, still there. His streak continues. And then we get Nick Gage introed next. And I'm like, I have no idea if these guys are tagging together or if they're about to face each other. No, I didn't, I didn't understand that either. Um, what was going on. But it turns out we are getting our fourth match, TCK versus Nick Gage. And this is another pairing where I was like, okay, this might be good, you know. Uh, It's a lot of sizing each other up at first, which I appreciated. They're not just doing quick fucking reversals, because that's what everyone does. Instead, they do that thing where they exchange shoulder blocks and then, like, flex over the other guy. Always a fun way to start a match. Uh, TCK eventually gets control with a drop kick to the face, Saido suplex, sidewalk slam, follows it up with a second rope leg drop, all for a near fall. He's just in control here. Yeah. He throws him outside and then does a f- like this awkward somersault off the apron onto Gage, where it's like <laughs> yeah. he basically landed on his neck. He can't shit. generate enough speed in two steps to do a full thing, so he just kind of like crashes into him. Dude, he's fully like 
he's the guy trying the move, but he doesn't have enough attribute attribute points and like agility. Oh yeah, yeah, like in yeah, in, like in a wrestling game where you just keep failing over. Like one day, bro, <laughs> he always fucks up when he does anything high flying. Like every time he tries to launch off the chair, Sabu style, and he just like eats it. <laughs> it's just like, dude, just be a violent guy. Love a trier though. Yeah, I mean, I love a botch as well. Uh, <laughs> so they eventually they're just brawling out into the crowd near where the the cage is. Uh, Nick Gage sort of takes over at this point, reversing him into the cage. Uh, if you remember, this arena specifically has that like hockey sort of circle around it with with a, a chain link fence. So they're they're always quick to use that. Yeah. At one point, the fans start chanting, "Use the duck, use the duck," and I was like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" And this fan hands Nick Gage like I don't know what it was made of. If it was like ceramic or like. What it was, but it's a, a swan, essentially. It's a swan, yeah, it's not a duck. Right. If they were British, they'd know that. You know, that's, <laughs> that's one thing we should say. But it is very funny, actually. And then Nick Gage just holds it up to the crowd, and they all cheer, and then he just smashes it on the ground and middle fingers the crowd. It's also, that's so good. It's such I a funny that, heel yeah. tactic. Yeah, that is that is great. I don't know, I think it's like polished, I don't know, it's... It's not like ceramic or anything. No, it almost it looks like almost like a novelty like watering pot. Like we yeah, maybe because there's a hole in the swan. So I don't know who's brought that. I mean, I guess it's better than shouting out "use the dildo" over <laughs> and over again. Well, I remember they had a fans bring the weapons match not long ago, and I think now fans just show up with weapons and yeah. security's like, "All right, you're good. You're yeah, good." Yeah, <laughs> you've got to find creative ways to get weapons in there. You can't just bring a knife. You got like this is a swan, bro. What on earth could anyone do with this? <laughs> uh, and I love Nick Gage. He doesn't use the swan, but then he just picks up a chair and hits tck like nick gage like lifts his right foot up on the f- off the floor just to get momentum to hit him in the head with a chair as hard as he could yeah like tck takes the hardest chair shots every time it's like brutal uh and they end up back in the ring tck gets the better of him crotches nick gage it's his spot regular spot he does with a guy in the corner he slides to the outside pulls him down by his feet and crotches him on the the ring post and tck also busted open here and that wouldn't surprise me at all if that was a real cut because it didn't look like a forehead sort of cut. It looked like where he got hit in the head with a chair like a second ago. Or the ago. swan bounced off the floor. Yeah, yeah, maybe a shard of the plasticine swan. swan. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, they get back in the ring. He gets Gage on the top rope. I don't know if I've ever seen this move. He gets behind him on the top rope and hits a super bulldog, like, off the top rope. <laughs> and it actually doesn't look terrible, so no. like, all right, good way to go, man. He's put, he's put all those points into that move. <laughs> and then he goes outside, and I'm like, oh, he's going to grab a table. Grabs a ladder. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Uh, and he puts the ladder in the corner, leaned against it, goes to Ir- or Irish whip Gage into it, who stops himself. Then TCK runs at him, and Gage just back body drops TCK onto the ladder, which looked awful. <laughs> like, yeah, because these will be like sort of proper ladders. Mm-hmm. Like obviously not the most proper that's safe to climb up, but that will be like sharp edges. That'll be. It's a workerman's ladder. Like, yeah. Someone's used this ladder for building shit. I would imagine. Yeah, someone's fallen off and died. That's why they got it cheap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Gage just follows this up by grabbing a table and setting it up on the outside. Uh, he sets TCK on the top rope inside. And then attempts to powerbomb him off the top rope, which is always a scary spot because it's such like a... I've seen guys just fall off the top trying to do a top rope powerbomb before. But instead, TCK does the classic alley-oop, flips Nick Gage over the top of his head through the table, and it gets a huge CZW It's pretty good, to be fair. Like, that's Mm -hmm. that's pretty impressive strength, I'd say. And, like, it goes well. Um, And Gage just flushed perfectly through the table. It explodes like it should. Yeah, I mean, I don't know... So Gage had just come back from Japan, 
oh, for yeah. this show. So maybe he's picked up some... I don't know. Like He does seem like a better wrestler in this match. I, I kept hearing guys reference Japan in promos. Yeah, and you were hoping they just weren't being racist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, because you can't hear anything else. And all of a sudden, Japan. And you're like, that can't be good. Whatever they've just said there. But no, it's. In, I think it's the reverse. Because they revere Japan to such a degree that like... Everyone's like, oh, these are the big shots because they got to go to Japan while we were here in fucking like Delaware oh, in some you think warehouse. Big Mac Smack and Wife Beater Revere Japan. No, I think they were like, uh, yeah, I think he was using it as like a, oh, okay, as like a okay. feather in their cap. Yeah, like, yeah, we, yeah. Oh, we're yeah, the big Gage. stars that went to Japan. Gage definitely would. Yeah, yeah, because mm. I think you know they, the wrestling, like the, I think Justice Payne went as well, and yeah. they probably care about wrestling, so they were probably like, oh, Japan, sweet. Yeah, I mean, historically, Japan's just one of those places, like, it's a bucket list thing for any American wrestler, I would imagine. Just, I thought, yeah. Just to do a tour. Just take Big Mac. I would take Big Mac's Mac. <laughs> see, see how he see how he does in Japan. Yeah, to, to imagine that someone paid for Big Mac's Mac's flight to Japan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm in Japan, <laughs> folks! <laughs> to do wrestling, that is yeah. insane. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, back in the ring, TCK lays the ladder, like, on its side, weirdly, spread open, and then lays Gage on top of it, puts a chair on top of that, sort of like a sandwich, and then leg drops the whole thing. That gets a near fall. And then TCK lifts that pipe that he came out with, <laughs> and the fans, like, lose their minds. Like, they all freak out, like, oh, man, he's gonna use the pipe. Like, it made me wonder if it was just something I'm not seeing with it, or, like, if it's something way more dangerous than I thought. Yeah, because I thought, I didn't, the way they went mad for it, I was like, is this a reference to something in New Jersey that I don't understand? Mm -hmm. Like, is it from a building, or Yeah, is it... it maybe looks like a car part, and you got it from, like, an auto repair shop or something. Y yeah, in New Jersey, we're like, holy shit, we love cars. And, 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 class... and swans. <laughs> and in classic CCW fashion, Gage just boots DCK before he can use it, hits him in the back with his own pipe. And then bends this thing around his head. Like, yeah. as hard as you've seen a guy ever get hit. Because when he uses it, though, it just looks like cardboard. Mm -hmm. Like, it just bends like it was cardboard. So I was like, what are they freaking out about? But Gage hits him so hard with yeah, it, Yeah, the too, cardboard, though. the force that he does it. <laughs> like, the back of TCK's head is bleeding. They do a zoom in afterwards, I think, from this. And then Gage, just to add extra insult to injury, suplexes the guy on his own pipe. And you think the match on is over. pipe, yeah. <laughs> But DCK kicks out here with a near fall. And I was like, okay, now we got a match here. So Gage makes a chair table in the corner. He just calls for chairs. He puts DCK back on the top rope. Hits like an ugly, almost like a botched super neck breaker off the top rope. Which is the second move in this match I've never seen done off the top rope before. Yeah, they just don't give a shit. I think there's definitely something that's happened in Japan. Or they've seen something in Japan and they're like, yeah, let's try this shit over there. Yeah, someone hit a super neck breaker there and Gage was like, I'm doing that. Yeah, because... High flying was way more popular. Was like bigger in Japan, right? Before it came, so they probably saw that and they were like, "Holy shit! Mm -hmm. I'm gonna try all these moves that I should not be trying off the top <laughs> rope onto a top rope off the top rope." Yeah, and then for some reason, a fan hands like I think it's like a vase or a vase to a gauge, and they want him to just use the vase. And of course, TCK then kicks him in the gut, hits him twice in the head with this fucking glass vase. And the second one, it breaks, but it doesn't like shatter. It just makes a hole in it. So mm. making me think this is a completely real just glass vase. And uh, Gage just gets TCK up, flatly power bombs him onto a ladder, then climbs to the very top of this ladder on the top rung of it with like no problem balancing. Hits like a beautiful frog splash off the very top of the ladder and wins this match clean at 15 minutes, 27 seconds. Great match, I thought. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, a lot of antiques were destroyed. <laughs> uh, Vars, uh, antique pipe. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, the swan. Yeah, uh, I think someone's grandma just died, so they took all these knickknacks from her house and like, yeah, brought it. Yeah, oh, thank it. God she owned so many ladders. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought I, I thought it was really, really fun. I thought it was a really good match. Like, brutal, uh, but like, surprise amount of high flying in there, which was cool to see. Uh, yeah, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. I, yeah, I this was... wasn't on the Madman Pondo scale of, like, untalented, just weaponry. No. Like, they, <laughs> mi- they mixed it up a lot, lots of dives and stuff, and, and both these guys worked really hard. Yeah, and they were doing actual moves, and they were being actual wrestlers for a lot of it, <laughs> for sure. You know, like, yeah, and, and then alongside that you had headshots with chairs and people getting hit with weapons and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, great match. Mm-hmm. So then we get our hard cut. And the announcers are, like, running down the rest of the card, even though there's only three matches left. What's up, Brainiacs? Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Just a programming note that every Monday at 9 Central, you can join me, Andrew Slack, and Josh Custodio for Monday Night Program. Come hang out with us as we continue to build the WBCW universe using Fire Pro Wrestling Promoter Mode. Who should we sign? What matches should we book? Join us for the only professional wrestling program on Monday nights, that's Monday Night Program on twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. And I'm like, I don't really give a shit about what these guys have to say, you know. Uh, and then, uh, sorry, lost my spot there. And then uh, while the announcers are just disagreeing with each other, the douchey announcer and the regular one, the Shane Brothers music hit, and they come out. And if you remember these guys, they're the massive juiced up tag team brothers yeah. uh, with a weird like conspiracy theory looking uh, manager. And as, as soon as they walk through the curtain, the fans just get start getting on them for steroids. <laughs> Where's your neck chance? Yeah, they both look like... These are the guys who both look like Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's double Alex Jones. They both got, like, despite steroid body, they both have beer gut, which I find pretty endearing. Yeah, definitely. Like, they work out, but then, you know, they enjoy themselves. They work <laughs> hard, they party hard, and they steroid hard. Yeah, and it's funny. They go right to Hat Guy and try getting in his face and intimidate him. And Hat Guy's like the old lady who can't be bothered. He, like, waves him away. Yeah. Like, <laughs> He's seen it all before, bro. Yeah, you can't intimidate this guy. Uh, and then the tag team champs come out, and they just rush the ring. And the Shane, Shane bros, like, run for cover. Like, they run far away from the ring. Like, they're terrified. It, it's pretty funny just because of how jacked they are. Yeah, that gassed. Mm. And then, so the match begins. This is for the CCW Tag Team Championships. Uh, the Haas bros are firing up the crowd as the Shane bros are sort of threatening to leave. This is almost like an old school, like, 80s match where it took a few minutes for them to actually get in the ring. I think it's annoying that they are all wearing blue. Because they're yeah. all greasy oily boys, so I kept like losing control. I kept forgetting who was who because it's like, wear please wear different color pants. Totally, it almost feels like wrestling practice, where yeah. it's like these guys are at the same high school. Uh, very, very weird looks from them, uh, and it's also just who are these Shane twins? Like we've, we've <laughs> yeah. only seen them in one match before, and it was for the tag titles against the Hoss Bros, and then they just don't have another challenger. So it's like, we'll just do the Shane twins again. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, let's go. That we don't even know their manager's name or anything about him. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was either Zandig pays for his steroids or gives them a match. <laughs> so, Shane's in control with... I'm just going to call them... If I refer to the Shanes, it's one of the Shane twins. They look identical, and we don't have their names, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're in control early, and they do this botched, like, dumb double team where one of them tries to uh, hip-toss one of the ch- Hosbros on the other, bro. Uh, followed by double handsprings and dropkicks in unison from the Haas bros, who do just look smoother and, like, another level from these guys. 
Uh, with one of the Shane Twins down, Charlie goes on the second rope, and then Russ German suplexes him onto the Shane Twin, which looks sort of cool, actually. Yeah. Uh, we get a double shoulder block on one of the Shane Twins, and eventually the Shanes cheat to gain control as they start building for the hot tag on Russ. Uh, flip my page here. Russ is attempting a comeback, but every time he does, he's, like, clotheslined inside out. I actually thought they did, the for as far as CZW hot tags go, this one worked pretty well for me. Yeah, yeah, it was, I noticed. I was like, I watched it, and I was like, oh, Matt Jordan's going to, you know, like that they actually su succeeded this time. <laughs> they did it properly. Yeah, yeah, well done, guys. Uh, finally, Charlie starts running wild as usual, but then, once again, they sort of quickly fuck it up as they're I the both Hospros are Irish whipped into each other, and they lose their heat. Uh, the Shane manager, for some reason, enters the ring as Charlie suplexes one of the chain bros and goes for a pin. And the manager holding a briefcase goes to hit Charlie, and Charlie sees it and moves out of the way, and the manager just hits his own guy with the briefcase. Is a classic. What do you think of the briefcase as a weapon? I don't, I don't know if I find it that, like, hard-hitting or intimidating. I suppose it's about what's in the briefcase. You know, <laughs> business documents, you know, you're going to get hurt by the numbers. There's going to be a lot going on in there. Like, if it's just empty, then there's not a lot. You should it's, just fill it with bricks, maybe. Yeah, fill it. Well, yeah, or, like... Knives. <laughs> knives. Or <for> swans. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just a live swan. Yeah, or C4. <laughs> so, Charlie sets up the manager for the taint buster, which I'm calling it. If you know by now, where he opens up his legs and waits for the other hospital to drop his elbow on his taint. And uh, the Shane twin catches Charlie mid-jump and intercepts him, and then slams Charlie on the ground for a near fall. Meanwhile, as this is going on, Justice Payne runs in during this chaos and just steals the belts from the, from the announcers on the side table. And I'm just, like, wondering what's going in. The Shane twins hit a flapjack on Charlie as Russ is, like, chasing Justice Payne out of the ring. And then out of nowhere, the referee just calls for a no contest at 11 minutes and 58 seconds. Hated this finish. Yeah, I don't understand it. When did, just, when did they get involved? Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know why Justice Payne was getting involved, to be honest. Because I thought it was a pretty decent match as well up until that, and like it was Me pretty too. fun. Like you know, the, the Shane twins aren't the most athletic. The Haas brothers are, but they were kind of <laughs> like a bit of back and forth and cool back and forth and doing them flips and stuff. So I don't know why they interrupted it in this manner. Yeah, they all look like actual wrestlers, and the problem is, is because this match was for the tag titles. Like the the obvious to me, the obvious finish here would be Justice Payne steals the titles. Russ chases him to the back. And meanwhile, Charlie gets double teamed and just pinned. Yeah. But because it's for the titles, and we don't even know who has the titles now, you can't just let the Shane twins win. So instead, yeah. they just lazily throw the entire match out, like, out of nowhere. Very I, strange. I, I hated it. Yeah, it wasn't great. And it's a shame, because it kind of killed the momentum that they built with the previous match. Totally. And the Shane twins continue their beatdown afterwards, grabbing a table in the ring, and they just slam both Hosbros through at the same time, which I thought looked sort of cool. And then we get our cut, and I guess that feud will continue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We get a uh, Bow with the Bar playing next. As Classic. We, we know who's entering to this music. Bow. Kid Rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Kid Rock. He was in the front row of UFC this week, but not uh, in CCW, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, Rick Blade comes out. He gets the sparkler treatment with the with the big pyro that's next so to him. I feel that's so dangerous. I don't <laughs> think they. I don't think they should be doing that indoors. <laughs> there definitely is some sort of fire code they're breaking that they just yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They set a guy on fire. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And so Rick Blade is like uh, doing the high five all the way around the ring. He almost has like a, a calm, short conversation with Hat Guy. He's a beloved babyface. Yeah. Goes onto the top rope to put his arms up, and this random dude just attacks him with a baseball bat, striking him in the leg specifically. This guy wearing a trench coat, and then just runs to the back. 
And this is like one of the more convoluted segments we've ever seen in season <laughs> Yeah. Because so this guy just hit some leaves, and then all of a sudden Justice Payne's music hits, and he comes out like riding a stretcher, which is pretty cool. Like I it was a was surfboard. Funny. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny actually. It was definitely yeah. awesome. He was standing on it, and Justin Case is pushing him out. But yeah. just, just the idea that. Justice Payne would know that this attack was so brutal that it would require a stretcher. Like, yeah. he foresaw all this. It's very strange. And also because... I mean, we've never seen this guy before who attacks him. Yeah. Um, it just looks like it could be a random crowd member. Like, which we, we don't have know seen why. before. Yeah, <laughs> which is very... Yeah, like, it's very strange. This stranger just comes up hitting with a baseball bat. Yeah. And then I was like, What's, who's that? No one knows. <laughs> yeah. And even security sort of gets in his face as he's leaving and he just pushes the guy down and yeah. walks to the back. And until Justice Payne rides in, you're like, is this, is this real? Well, and on top of that, so Blade just takes one shot with a baseball bat. But this is a match, like, or, or show, where we've seen guys get brutalized already. We saw a man get lit on fire. Yeah, I know Rick Blade's better than that. But for some reason, yeah, because they're treating this like an injury angle, security comes in, Blade is just down for, like, minutes here. Yeah. Uh, And everyone, the crowd's chanting, Blade's a pussy, because it didn't look that bad. I mean, I'm not going to disagree there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Justice Payne comes out, and he starts cutting a promo. uh, And as he's doing this, just in case, like, grabs Shorty from behind. He's, like, holding her, almost (laughs) like a hostage situation. Yeah, not not comfortable. Uncomfortable visual, for sure. Yeah, not... Not great. Because <laughs> yeah. he's not holding her in, like... He's not doing even, like, the creepy nice thing that, like, when they take a woman hostage. He's doing, like, I'm just going to hold you by your neck. Yeah. No, this is when the cops break in and he's like, I'll kill her if you should play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is not a work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Justice Payne gets on the mic, of course, and says that if Blade doesn't wrestle right now, Shorty's going to leave the same way you are right now, on a stretcher. And Blade's just, like, laying on the stretcher looking up at him. And then he just, like, casually gets up off the stretcher. Beautiful moment. It's a beautiful (laughs) moment. I stood up and clapped. It's so stupid, dude. This whole thing was so convoluted. Uh, Just the fact that you would, like, just know a stretcher was happening and that Justice Payne would be the one to bring it out. Yeah, because imagine how that goes, like, yeah, he brought a stretcher or, like, I guess he stole it from the medics who were coming in. (laughs) Yeah. And was like, no, I got this. He's like, like, oh, no, a guy's going to need it. Yeah, no, he really needs it. He's like, no, I got this. Don't worry. He's like, why are you standing on it? Don't worry. (laughs) Yeah, so we get our sixth match for the CZW Junior Heavyweight title, Rick Blade versus Justice Payne. Uh, and Blade is just fired up, and he attacks right away with punches, but Justice Payne drop kicks him in his hurt leg right away. So you sort of know what the story's going to mm. be of this match. It's funny, Justice Payne also does this mocking, like, crane pose as Blade is down, which sort of got a laugh out of me. Uh, Blade is selling lots, uh, and then it's it's one of those annoying things where he's selling the leg, selling the leg, but then he hits a spin kick like, <laughs> yeah. with, the, with the bad leg, and then, yeah. a, and then like, a flawless moonsault. He's fighting through the pain. <laughs> like, is, you know, he has to retire after this match. He's fighting He's fighting through. This is his last match. <laughs> yeah. He knows what he has to do. And just as pain takes control, I, I don't even know what to call this. Like He sets him up for an Alabama slam, and instead of flinging him forward, he just falls backwards. It's like an Alabama suplex, maybe. And Shorty sort of breaks up the fall here because it's right near her end. And Justice Payne like tries to take a swipe at her, which is sort of funny. Uh, Rick Blade goes to do a leapfrog and just doesn't clear it high enough and just eats shit. It was like a botch. But the fans are nice enough not to chant, you fucked up. I think they were thinking it's like a leg thing. But yeah. where it was like really just an actual botch. It just fucked up, yeah. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. Uh, Blade is outside as Case attacks and with the referee's back turned. And then Justice Payne hits a corkscrew dive to the outside. But then they just start to wild brawling into the crowd. Rick Blade reverses an Irish whip and just throws Justice Payne into a pile of chairs. 
And to Justice Payne's credit, he fully left his feet and just ate all of these chairs. Yeah, yeah, he just absolutely went for it. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, Blade hits him in the head with a chair as hard as he can, uh, and then he he sets Justice Payne against the cage and launches himself off the chair, hitting him into it, which was sort of cool. Uh, ju just in case this whole time, he's being accosted by security guards, and he just starts beating the shit out of one of these security guards <laughs> with a chair. And I'm like, I'm sure they said, like, you can hit me with a chair once, but he hits him, like, five or six times. It's yeah. like, this is a bit overkill. And we saw what happened with the baseball bat. These guys are going to need, like, an entire medic, a helicopter <laughs> coming for them. We don't have enough stretchers. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and then, uh, so, the whole time, this ca this uh, crow's nest has been, like, where the hard camera would be on, on a Monday Night Raw or whatever, the same place the camera always is. But they're right close to the crow's nest when both Justin Case, or, sorry, Justice Payne, fucking names here and rick blade climb up to the crow's nest where the camera is and it's sort of a cool visual because they're like right next to the camera guy yeah yeah and you can sort of see them like brawling up there for a bit uh, but they don't do any crazy bumps off it or anything which i'd sort of expected that must have been so crowded that crow's <laughs> nest like because it's just he's just stood in the middle of them going for it and he's like am i gonna have to betray someone now it reminds me of that show months ago where justice Payne and lobo were fighting on top of a scaffold yeah and for some reason lobo brought like his manager girl up there <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he's just so unnecessary um but yeah they uh blade ends up throwing justice Payne off over his head onto justin case who's there to catch him to be fair justin case does serve a role in matches like these he is sort of like he facilitates big bumps you know what i mean yeah he's mutley yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then Blade goes off, uh, what is he, oh yeah, and hits this dangerous, so there's the fence next to this crow's nest, and he attempts to tightrope walk the, the steel chain fence, and then do a crossbody, and you can tell with the last step he takes, he basically slips off the cage, and he like narrowly misses this crossbody, but luckily wasn't injured, because even on the last show, like, I'm pretty sure Blade was knocked unconscious when he did that leg drop off the basketball hoop. Like, yeah, probably. He really does take crazy risks here for a guy who's not a stuntman. And has just been hit with a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Blade grabs a table, and they set it up outside. He lays Justice Payne on the table outside and hits this flawless, like, beautiful swanton bomb through the table off the top rope to the outside. Uh, it looked great. The fans are going crazy. Like a, an authentic like CZW chant, which yeah. I thought was great. And it did look good. Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't even try to pin, pin him, though, as Blade grabs another table and sets it up in the ring. And he does this thing. I, I think it must be a Justice Pain thing, because I see it in all of his matches, where he only sets up two legs of the table, and it sort of looks like a table yeah, ramp. Yeah, the slam. The, the, I, don't, I don't know why he does it. Like, I've not seen it before set up like that. It just um, looks less impressive. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, I guess to jump through it. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. So then Rick Blade goes to, like, the top rope, I guess looking for a moonsault, because Justice Payne was, like, facing him, so it didn't really make sense. Yeah. Uh, but instead, Justice Payne runs to the top, German suplexes both of them through the table, and it's very strange. So he suplexes them where Rick Blade's shoulders are down into a bridge, but Justice Payne's shoulders also look down, so I really thought they were going to do an angle where who got the win, we got to do a rematch or whatever. And then they say, nope, your winner of this match, a new junior heavyweight champion, <laughs> is Justice Payne. So that's just what we see at 11 minutes, 30 seconds. And I got to say, what would another good match here. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, th I thought it was good. I think they're both good wrestlers. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I enjoyed it. Both, both like, 
match each other quite well, I think, with their styles. And, you know, the very a lot of athleticism was shown. And, yeah, you know, a lot of... Uh, I was glad Rick Blade managed to pull through the horrific baseball bat injury he suffered <laughs> well, to inter- deliver a good match. It is interesting. You're right with your styles because Gage, like TCK is sort of like very similar to Nick Gage in style and they had a good match. And Rick Blade is very similar to Justice Payne in style. Yeah. And, and so I just think these were like the right pairings for these guys. And, it, and yeah, two good matches from both the the two of the pillars yeah CZW or three of the pit for all four of the pillars I didn't realize yeah four of the, I mean there's you know there's obviously the kingpins the king uh, the king pinlers who they left <laughs> there's many, um, many pillars yeah you know uh, but that I thought it was I thought it was good yeah no no other stretcher comes out even though he's still suffering from the same injury that caused the stretcher to need to come out mm-hmm. and then was beaten up yeah exactly but they were like no not this time and, and then just to speak of stretchers uh, they Rick Blade gets on a microphone outside. He asks for the handshake. He's like, "All right, I lost my title fair and square." And then, as Justice Payne for some reason goes to shake his hand, he goes, "Psych! I'm not handshaking you, you or this fat piece of shit." Pointing at Smack Mac, who had come out holding both tag belts, by the way. Yeah. I guess we're just meant to assume that they now own the tag team titles because they stole them from the Hoss Bros. But yeah, find his keepers. <laughs> so they're doing a thing where the Hate Club's just getting all the belts. Uh, but Rick Blade challenges Justice Payne to a rematch in a stretcher match, which it was interesting to me because I remember the first stretcher match I'd ever heard of was Rob Van Dam and Randy Orton in like 2006. So another thing that's been stolen. From I CZW. think so. And I, I think you know you said they get collecting all the belts. Wonder why Kenny Omega got the collector <laughs> gimmick from eh? Justice Payne. Justice Payne. Yeah. The hate club. <laughs> yeah. 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 So then, uh, yeah, Justice Payne accepts, and then Smack Mac cuts like such an illegible promo. <laughs> yeah. It's so bizarre. But I do like his voice, so it's like a it's like an ASMR thing for me. I just enjoy hearing him being like, "And I just we hate it with white beanie and you." <laughs> so we get our hard cut and it's there's this weird like there's no volume or anything like or no one has a microphone other than the crowd and the announcer goes over to Hartog and it's like he's giving him bad news and Hartog slumps his shoulders and walks to the back and then the announcer says introducing your special guest referee for the main event and then music starts playing yeah. and I was like who could this be out comes Cronus wearing like a referee shirt and like golf, <laughs> golfer pants like he looked awful it's very it, yeah. It's an odd. It's like pajama pants. But yeah, not so, even golfer pants. Yeah, they they're not like, tight. They're loose. Yeah, they're <laughs> loose like pajama pants. It's very strange. Um, I feel bad for Ron. For who? For Ron. Oh Rob, yeah, Ron. Rob Ron. Ron. Yeah, because he's just lost. He's lost his job. I think totally to Cronus. You know, to Cronus, you know, and and this is all. This keeps him going. Dude, Literally, he needs this. No, I'm not trying to kick a guy while he's down. But I mean, he's not even alive. And I think Cronus was like. Probably at home, on pills, sort of groggy all day, and then he like rolled out of bed, didn't even bother changing his pants. No. He's like, oh, I don't even have to wrestle. He was tonight. already wearing the referee shirt. I'm a referee, fuck it. Yeah. And he just looks no good, man. Like, knowing where this guy would be in a few years from now, I'm just like, this is not a good look for any wrestler, you know what I no. mean? No. Yeah, it's very. It is, a, <laughs> it is an odd. It is like a breakdown get up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a slow breakdown get up. Yeah. As the peak is already behind him with ECW sort of gone. Uh, and then we get Wife Beater out first, and weirdly, there's four audience members, three women and one man, who have the word wife written on their bellies, 
like across the four of them. Yeah. And they're just showing them off to the camera. They're on the hard camera side. Well, the camera it is a this guy is a hard camera at the moment. I'd say because he's <laughs> zooming in and enjoying his life. Mm-hmm. And these women are I, I'm not like trying to objectify them, but like. Way more attractive than you would ever expect in a CZW audience. Like yeah, from what we can see from the blurry screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they are. You know, they're they're hot, and you can say that. I can appreciate a woman's beauty. <laughs> um, but I mean, for this crowd, you would expect not any attractive anyone. Like even the, <laughs> like it's just a bizarre, ugly audience for the most part. Yeah, and, and then we can say that as ugly people. Yes, uh, but I I also think like these must be paid off people or just you friends think? of the wrestlers or something. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't I, think they independently decided to do this. Yeah, I mean, uh, Wife Beat has got that pull. He's got that riz. So <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they supported him if they had wife written on their bellies. It's like the women that show up to like serial killer trials to try like meet yeah. the serial killer. It's like his name is Wife Feeder, ladies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's like, I can fix him. He's not your friend. I can work on. I can fix his back. <laughs> So Matt cuts another fully illegible promo on, like, all I hear pick up is Japan, Zandig, <laughs> and then he starts using his microphone, like, as a dick and getting in the, the announcer's face with it, like, pushing him around. And then you see Cronus, and he's, like, trying to get in between. He's like, hey, come on, man. And I'm like, he's just as useless as, like, a normal referee would be. Yeah. I thought they were actually setting this up as a spot so Cronus could show his, like, that he did, he's a take, a take no shit referee. And yeah. instead he was like, hey, don't do that, man. <laughs> he's wearing pajamas. He's like the, he looks like the dude from the Big Lebowski as, a re- as like if he was a referee for a day. Yeah, instead of uh, white Russians, it was Somas. This is the dude. <laughs> um, and then Lobo enters, and he gets the explosion treatment too with the pyro. Uh, and I just realized in this entrance, for some reason, I love Lobo. I'm a big Lobo fan. Uh, he's graduated from a Venom shirt to a Punisher shirt, so I feel like he's just reading different comics now. Yeah, he's he's fine. He's moved on to you know a different comic, or maybe he's watched the film. I think the <laughs> Punisher film with Tom Jane had come out around this time. Two thousand? Yeah, or was it? It might have been early, or was it? After? I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, Lobo then cuts a promo of his own, and I forgot that he did an angle last show where he kicks a guy out of the crowd for wearing like an ECW shirt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I only remembered it when he does the the exact same angle once again with the same guy. I I recognize him. He's the exact same guy, except this month he's wearing an NWO Wolfpack shirt. And Lobo just gets in his face and literally like it looks like a pull apart like he's just kicking a guy out of the audience like unprovoked for no reason. It's very strange because like also it seems like Wife Beater's on Lobo's side at this point, and he's like, yeah, actually, that guy should leave. Yeah, there's this weird truce where all, the referee, Wife Beater, I'm sorry, the referee being Cronus, Wife Beater, Smack Mac, and Lobo all look at the guy, and they're all giving him this, like, like come on, bro. Get the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, like, what are you doing wearing <laughs> that shit in here? And also, Lobo's like, you think you can wear that in my arena? And it's like, this is the last match. He's been sitting there wearing this all night. <laughs> yeah, and also, you say my arena. Definitely yeah. rented. Yeah. No way anyone is on a deed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Zandig's music hits, and he just hits the ring like a house of fire. <laughs> Fucking rules, man. Zandig's so cool. He yeah. attempts a Rick Blade slide in, but obviously he's got too much mass to get very far. But yeah, Zandig just just charges in, um, <laughs> looking like the Urukai who goes to blow up the wall at Helm's Deep. It's awesome. You know, yeah, it's it's great. And he and Lobo and Wifebeater are still looking at this guy being kicked out of the arena. So Zandig just hits them both from behind, tosses them both over the top. 
climbs to the top rope like it's nothing and just cross bodies both guys. I'm actually, uh, to be fair to him, Zandig's been very restrained this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, haven't, this is the first time we've seen Zandig. That's which unbelievable. Is a, is a surprise even if he was not involved in any match. If you had told me it's because he was, like, at another gig or something, like, he just made it oh, here for the last... Oh, Yeah, something like that. <laughs> he was, he's doubling that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then the whole... Then Zandig gets outside and with a hubcap and a chair just starts beating the fuck out of Wife Beater and Lobo. The whole time his music is just blaring. <laughs> yeah, I think you could construct a full car from the different car parts they've used. Yeah, definitely. A hubcap to me seems way more dangerous than a chair, just with like the jagged edges yeah, and true. shit like that. Uh, but then it's funny, because as soon as Wife Beater kicks Zandig in the gut and hits him in the head with a chair, his music just stops. Like, as soon as Zandig loses the advantage, the guy's like, okay, well... <laughs> yeah, right. That's, it's very thematic. Yeah, it's like in a film when it's sad, the music plays, and, you know, when you're happy, whatever. In this, nothing. Yeah, it was awesome. So then Zandig and Lobo were fighting, like, on one side of the ring, and Wife Beater's sort of down on the other side of the ring. And then near Wife Beater, you just hear glass smash... And I wasn't sure if it was, like, an audience member who smashed something or if Wife Beater, like, took something and smashed it. But the crowd just cheered at the sound of, like, smash glass. Like, no one got hit with anything. It was very strange. And then Zandig hears the noise, and he comes over and just picks up, like, a shard of glass and starts cutting Wife Beater on the head with it. <laughs> Which is, like... Straight in. Yeah, just go These for it. These guys do not give a fuck. I wonder if... It, Zandig... Zandig go to Japan at one point? He definitely, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, he's, he's already organized big. it, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... You know, he probably went over there and messed about and became the most intelligent deathmatch fighter. <laughs> I saw a match once, I don't know if it was from 99 or 2000, where they're, like, in a busy Japanese street, and, like, fans have circled around these cars, and they're, like, suplexing each other on cars and shit like that. Yeah. And so, I, I don't know what that was from, but That's may, where it might have been this the, tour. That's where he got the parts from. He brought <laughs> these uh, authentic Japanese hubcap. <laughs> and so, randomly, I'm like, I wasn't really paying attention. No, not that I wasn't paying attention, the camera wasn't really on them. And this blonde guy, shirtless guy, attacked Zandig. The Slim Shady. Yeah, yeah, Slim Shady, fully Slim Shady. And Zandig just fucks him up, throws him in against the cage, and the guy looks like he's trying to roll out of getting hit against the cage, and instead he just face plants. Like, his face smacks into the ground. So Zandig just starts hitting him with chairs brutally. Yeah, this match is brutal. <laughs> it's also so chaotic, like... It really has this atmosphere, like the crowd is in this fervor, they're chanting like CZW, all this crazy shit's happening, but I think it's the kind of atmosphere Zandig's going for, like it is sort of, it's cool, like yeah. it, it feels like there's like an electricity in the air, and it's just but like... But they are chanting like, like the end of Midsummer. like they're all going for it, <laughs> yeah. someone's getting set on fire. <laughs> and so they finally, they get a semblance of a match as Wife Beater and Zandig are in the ring, and Zandig picks up what I think is like a keyboard, or just something like hard and plastic... <laughs> And starts hitting uh, Wife Beater with it. Then Lobo comes in the ring, uh, takes it back, takes over on Zandig, and breaks this thing in half over his head. It's like a baseball, like a perfect shot, and it looks awesome. And uh, Zandig just takes this. I mean, what else can you do? Yeah, definitely. He's had to go through part of things. Mm hmm. And my, by the way, Wife Beater is just bleeding from everywhere. Like, for some reason, his shoulder is bleeding a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, don't know what happened to him. The back of his neck is bleeding. Very strange. Um, and then for some reason, Lobo, or, while Lobo's in control, he has Wife Beater in the corner. And then Cronus, like, involves himself for some reason. Like, just for a split second, he's like, hey, man, you can't, you gotta let him let him get up or something like that. 
And it gives Zandig an opening to attack Lobo. It was just like really... First time Cronus cared. Yeah. It's just... He's like been nowhere the entire match and all of a sudden he's like, what? Come on, guys. Well, to think he's getting a paycheck for this is crazy. Because this could have so easily been a normal Ron. referee. Could have been Ron. Could have been all Ron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, for some... Oh, okay. So this is where it gets crazy. Wifebeater and Zandig are like working on Lobo. They decide to team up. And they lift him up for like a double gorilla press as they like go chest to chest as they lift him, which yeah, just it's looks pretty hilarious. cool to see the big boys team up. And they throw Lobo, who does a full flip, lands on what I assume is a table outside, and it just explodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you don't see what he's getting dropped on, and you can sort of see like guys setting something up underneath it. But you just see this puff of smoke rise from where Lobo landed, and you're like, well, he's dead. Yeah, definitely, hundred <laughs> percent. It's like a cartoon. Uh, the random blonde guy, for some reason, enters the ring. He's holding a belt, like the title belt, the world title belt, but he's blocked by Cronus, uh, and then Zandig clotheslines the blonde guy out of his boots. But then Cronus turns and hits Zandig with the belt. Oh my god, another turn. And I'm f- trying to remember, didn't Cronus turn, did either turn on Zandig last show, or he sided with Zandig Zandig last has show. got to stop hiring this guy. <laughs> Yeah. Zandig has got to stop paying him in check because he just keeps betraying him. Just not loyal. He's just, yeah, he's being a welcome man. And then in this totally, like, you can see the spot coming a mile away. Cronus stands over Zandig with his legs split and he's just dressing him down. And Zandig just kicks him in the dick as he rolls out of the ring. Um, the least he, it's the least, it's the least he deserves for betraying our boy. <laughs> and as this is going on, Cronus and Zandig are fighting. Smack Mac and Wife Feeder just take all three of the belts. Because I, I should have specified off the top. The reason why this show is called Winner Takes It All is because it's for the world title, the hardcore title, and the Iron Man Championship belt. All held by one of the three guys. And but, tag, the tag team. Did you mention tag teams as well? They, they, were, they weren't up for grabs. Oh, right. But they okay. took those earlier. So this match ends after Zandig attacks Cronus and Wife Feeder and Mac just leave with all the belts. And I didn't even write down the time of this match because it wasn't really a specific ending. No, yeah. And it's just an awful fucking finish. Uh, Zandig beats the fuck out of Cronus. Cronus is bleeding. Uh, he busts him open, gets him in the ring, hits a flying clothesline, and then a chair shot. And then says, CZW. And, <laughs> and that's that's the end what of... More, what more could you say? That's the end of the show in ring. Yeah, yeah. It's not the end of the show full stop, though, because there's some great back backroom promos to come. Dude, I was so ready for the show to end, and then I saw there's 12 more minutes. Yeah, I know. It's I mad, so insane. <laughs> we do get some odd moments oh, with these promos. Totally worthwhile by the some, end of it. Yeah, some aggressive slur dropping. So, yeah, for sure. But, so, like, the in, in storyline, in canon, in CZW now, like, the hate club are being recognized as holding all the titles. That's like, sick. Ev- everyone's referring to them as like, <laughs> they've well, got, they've got up them all now. The collectors. Even though they didn't win any matches to get them or whatever. And so every promo, everyone's calling out the hate club because everyone's pissed at them. Yeah. Know? I mean, Wife Beat is the closest thing to Thanos. They, <laughs> they, they call them a madman. Yeah. So backstage, the Shane twins are challenging the hate club. They're just fucking pissed at them. They're like, how dare you like interrupt our match? And the manager says, like, you think these guys are big. I got a bigger guy coming for the hate club next week. So I think we're going to get an even juicier, bigger guy. That was good. That's so good. To be a trio. Yeah, I, I want the biggest man. 
I want it to be like a Titan from God of War. <laughs> like the hand, yeah, it's just oh, and it, that's it. That that was that's what I want. The biggest boy possible. <laughs> so then we go to Gage backstage, who's playing uh like an art a classic arcade machine. <laughs> yeah. I looked at it, it's called Crazy Kong. Which must just be some sort of Donkey Kong ripoff. Yeah, I, I don't even know if he's playing it. Like, he's moving <laughs> the things, but there's nothing, no noise, no, no anything. They're, they're trying to set it up like the camera just happened upon him yeah. backstage playing this arcade Nick game. Nick Gage is just backstage <laughs> playing Crazy Kong after every... That's his ritual. <laughs> so Gage cuts this brutal promo. Uh, you talked about a slur. He just drops a hard F when he's talking about the wife beater here. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not even impressed by your scars. All that means is you got your ass kicked. Yeah. And I was like, that's a great point, actually. That is great but also you will, will have a lot of scars as well yeah, <laughs> yeah. but then like gage turns and out of anger he just smashes the crazy kong machine yeah and it's part well, of just the top bit yeah the it green doesn't go label for the screen <laughs> i guess because it was too costly just the label bit yeah, it breaks it in half and then we get an immediate cut and we're in the same room but well, it's fixed it's fixed <laughs> yeah, there's no continuity <laughs> I bet it really killed. Yeah, me. they filmed it like Memento. I was like, "What? I'm mean, when? What? Which way am I supposed to watch this show?" Yeah, I wish it showed the high scores in between promos so we could see guys. Like, oh yeah, that'd be pretty cool actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, see who's going. I mean, I'm sure Max Matt will get to the top of that as well. <laughs> I'm coming after every time, even Crazy Kong. <laughs> so the next promo we see is with uh, Diablo Macabre, who was asked why he turned on his tag team partner and friend Gabriel Knight. He says, we were partners for years, and then I broke my ankle, I didn't hear from him. And I was like, oh, that's actually a decent reason, I guess. Yeah, but you can't drop that now. You've got yeah. to do that in show. It's like, that's like Halo 4, where they were like, if you want to know the villain, you got to read the books. It's like, come on, bro. Fuck off. Yeah. yeah, do it in the game. Do it in the show. <laughs> so then Gabe just attacks Diablo from behind. And as he's attacking him, he's cutting a promo, being like, you turn on me, but... And then a random dude, just dressed like a civilian, like a, a with a baseball cap and a button-up shirt, attacks Gabe from behind, and him and Diablo just double-team him. And Diablo's yelling just the lamest shit at him. He's like, this is what real evil looks like. <laughs> He's like, you can take that to the hospital. Uh, and then the last line you hear is Gabriel beat defeated. He leans up and he's like, I never needed anyone anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. I like it. It's very uh, emo. Dude. Very gun grunge. It's like porn quality acting. Like, <laughs> yeah. neither of these guys can deliver a line <laughs> to save their lives. It's so lame. Uh, and just the most melodramatic, like, scripting. Then we get our cut. This is promo number one, two, three, four, four already, by the way. Nick Burke here. Fucking just a guy I never need to see three times in a show. Uh, and the announcer says Nick Burke from the Softcore Connection. So I think that is their technical the stable softcore name. The Softcore Connection, okay. I don't really mind that, actually. Uh, and they were saying, well, well what, what did you think? You almost lost your jobs today. And he's like, well, all I was thinking, if we lose this, then off to the WWF we go. <laughs> and I'm like, the <laughs> WWF would never look at any of you. Yeah, no, definitely. I thought it was a pretty funny line, but yeah, as if Nick Burke showing up in WWF. Yeah. And then he's like, but now that we're here, we want those CZW titles, so Hate Club, we're coming for you. And again, yeah. it's like, everyone's going after the Hate Club. Also, the implication there that WWF, I guess, have been knocking, and they've been like, no, actually, we're staying in CZW, everyone. We have long-term goals yeah, we, here. Yeah, we want, to, we want to see this company grow. <laughs> then we get a cut, and the Haas bros are cutting a promo as they're leaving. They're asked what they think about having their titles stolen. And it's weird, Charlie's like, well, look, our match was interrupted, we got shit-canned, and then our belts were stolen. And I was like, did he just say they got fired? Yeah, I don't think they meant that. There's a couple of... You can see he's better at delivering promos than most. Mm -hmm. um, well, he goes into promo mode eventually. Yeah, yeah he does. Um, 
Although he's definitely better than his brother because his brother doesn't say a word. He just stands there chewing gum looking like Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> yeah. in the background. Um, but yeah, he stumbles a bit, so I don't I don't think they meant they got fired. No, I don't think so either. And they're clearly setting up a future match. So that's yeah. sort of... But yeah, it was just a weird choice of words, I guess. Then we get our cut. Promo number six. Rick Blade wearing these just the nerdiest glasses you could imagine. Nerd. Like <laughs> I can see why they filmed some from so far away. Because he... I'm like, Rick Blade, you're so cool. And then you zoom in, you're like, Rick Blade, you're a nerd. You're so lame. Yeah. It reminds me, if you know UFC fighter Justin Gaethje, there's that famous meme where... Another Justin. <laughs> well, there's a famous meme where the girl posts a picture of him, and he's like, why can't I find oh, a man yeah, like yeah, this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, hey. He's like, like, no like you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, literally the guy in the photo. <laughs> yeah. This was Rick Blade, who's literally the guy in the photo, just looking so lame. It was yeah, hilarious. And he drops a slur like of his own. Uh, not and, that's also not cool. Yeah, it just it was weird, man. Like it's just you can tell it's just in all the vocabularies, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and but he's walking out the door saying, "Next month, me and Justice Payne in a stretcher match." I think it's good they have a month between shows as well because they really aren't putting on like great cards. I think they're sort of stretching themselves a bit as a company nice. with not a big roster. Yeah. So ha- oh, stretching. <laughs> Didn't even realize. But yeah, no, I think a month is like a good gap for them. They should only be running monthly at this point. Yeah, weekly seems absurd. Mm-hmm. Then we get our hard cut for our final promo. I don't know why they didn't just interplace this throughout the card instead of seven promos in a row at the end of the well, event. Well, yeah, clearly they know some editing, but they're just like, how do we... Oh, no, just leave it. Put them all at the end. Mm-hmm. So, Mac is paying off Cronus. You see Cronus just receiving what looks like less than $200 in cash to betray and fuck up this match. Yeah, and, I mean, he said Cronus had been in ECW, right? Mm-hmm. So he'd seen more cash than this in his life. Yeah, absolutely. And he yeah. pays him cash, and he's like, Ooh, boy! Cronus is spending big tonight! Yeah, and, and you're like, like, smelling the money. Yeah, he's like, whoa! You're like, okay. And then, uh, Hate Club's back there, and so is the random dude that attacked with the baseball bat. Not so random. Not so random. Yeah, they name him. Name is Jesse Driver. Or Jesse Drive. Justin Driver. And uh, they're also showing off all their title belts, which they've just hung, sort of, like, haphazardly on this weird scaffold ladder thing. Yeah. And when the camera goes, when one of them falls, and (laughs) Drive manages to, like, catch it. (laughs) Uh, but then Smack thanks Jesse Drive for his work and puts a chain on him. And I was like, what is, what's that? And he's like, this signifies you're a member of the hate club, brother. And I'm like, that means he's just a member of the hate, hate club, club, I yeah, guess. Yeah, he's a member of the hate club now. Never seen he's, him in a match. He's done, his, <laughs> he's done his bit for the boys and now he's in. I don't really mind it, though, because, I mean, I hope he's a good wrestler. But they needed another actual wrestler. Like, Mac and Justin Case, this was a two-person two, uh, two faction and they yeah. have... Six title belts. <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't make that's sense. That's pretty impressive, to be <laughs> honest, that they've managed to pull that off. And it's funny, the one thing Jesse Drive says when they put the chain on him, he's like, I could cry right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just thought it was like a funny throwaway line. Uh, and then that is the end, mercifully, of this two hours and 23 minute show. Uh, oh, and also, Justice Payne casually says next month it's going to be Bar versus Wife Beater in a barbed wire match. I'm like, why? Like, why? <laughs> why? I don't even remember the bar, but... Yeah, I don't either. Okay, I guess we're going to get that as well. Yeah. Uh, all right, Ben, that was a show. That was, yeah. It was better than last week. You can't say it wasn't a show. No. Um, Winner takes it all. I I thought it was okay. I did too. I, well, <laughs> it, it's like last last week obviously was such a zero. Like, I gave it a zero. It was a really bottoming me out point for me. Uh, and I, covering this, I thought the first half of the show was worse than I remembered. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping to almost go like 1.75. I was thinking 1.75. Yeah, I was. I was. I was thinking 1.75. It's not because it's not top tier. No, the all time bad audio really dragged it down. Like, it, yeah, I, I. In fact, I'm going. One, I'm going 1.5. Oh, I forgot I about how well, bad. I'm the an honourable man, was. and I'm sticking with what I originally gave it. <laughs> uh, 1.75 because I think there's some good matches in there. Um, like there was more good matches than bad, which yes. is always good. Some of the matches were spoilt with bad endings, but I thought overall, it, you know, the true watermark of a good quality two hour twenty three episode uh, hour match uh, show is that it doesn't feel like it was two hours twenty three. Yeah, because sometimes you can really feel it, and like that, it didn't feel it. Yeah, you are right. You have to separate yourself from caring about the booking or the results and just view them as like, was this match good to watch? Was, <laughs> yeah. Was that 15 minutes entertaining? If so, it gets a thumbs up. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, it definitely felt like a return to form from last week, so I, I am sort of giving it a bit more for that. Yeah. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. I am Jordan Ducharme, at FunnyJordanD on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Ben Stead, at Pink Hoverboard on Instagram. And keep it tuned to this space as we come back at you next week with CZW, A Living Hell. Ooh. We'll see you then, everyone. Thanks for Bye-bye. listening. Bye-bye.